Congratulations. The fairies have been a hot topic for the last 36, 48 hours with the Queen of Alberni going down due to mechanical issues. Boy, there are some real big lineups and they continue, we are told, and we are going to continue to report on those. 11 o'clock today, we'll uh, check in uh, big time with Mark uh, Staling, the executive producer at AM730. is going to join us here on the show and also talk about what you just heard in that traffic update about the problems on Highway 1, tis a long weekend, and ugh, the headaches are real. Uh, let's also talk about it being a long weekend, Canada Day festivities. A man who is so hardworking, he could easily take Canada Day off. But no, he's here for you. He's here for me. He is Keith Baldry for Baldry's Beat, our global BC Legislative Bureau Chief. Hey, Keith. Happy Canada Day, everyone. Oh, I'm so glad to have you along here. And and much to dive into, uh, usually a sort of slow news time, but not given the extra added pieces of the puzzle when it comes to protests on Canada Day. Yeah, it's very interesting over here. I've been keeping uh, close tabs with security here. The legislature traditionally a place of celebration on Canada Day. The decision has been made to move the Canada Day celebrations off the front lawn of the legislature and put them across the harbour at uh, Ship Point. And I think security is part of that. And talking to the say. The sort of multi-protests were, uh, were were of concern. First of all, you have the the potential of the return of the trucker convoy, which is one group of people, anti-vaccine, anti-mandates, anti-Trudeau. So far, no sign of them. Also concerns yesterday that a couple of protests we saw in the last couple of years, last Canada Day was the anti-colonial um, protest. Uh, and that was resulted in, if you recall, the taking down of the statue of Captain Cook on the on the causeway here and throwing it in the harbor. And there was concerns talking to security yesterday that the giant Queen Victoria uh, monument here might be toppled. Very hard to see anyone doing that. It's quite a large piece of, of sculpture. But those are the two concerns from a security purpose. And then you throw in the fact, go back to the Senate shootings, and we talked about this yesterday, Jody, uh, six officers were injured in terms of receiving uh, gunfire and bullet wounds, but many officers were traumatized as a result of th- their encounter with these two heavily armed uh, bad guys who fired uh, many volleys at them. And so a number of people are, are on stress leave right now or see- seeking counseling. And so security, um, they've had to bring in extra uh, reinforcements from the West Shore RCMP detachment into Canada Day security because there's always security concerns here on Canada Day and they've been sort of heightened as a result of the Senate shootings, which is depleted staff. And again, not sure what's going to transpire on the front lawn today. And we heard that story of yesterday, two men that were causing uh, more stress for the community uh, there on the island, walking around in fatigues. And there were, you know, saw that on Global News um, yeah. Uh, now that was clarified last night. The police said, "Okay, fine. They're not. They're not of a concern anymore." But they were concerned. They're walking around in battle fatigues. A report that one had a long rifle uh, at a time when we just had this incident right nearby had everyone on edge. And thankfully, that transpired into nothing. But it just shows you just how on edge everyone is as right. a result of that unprecedented uh, situation. Just you know, a couple kilometers from here. It would be good if regular Joe Publix, uh, not really donning fatigues and such. Like let's let's yeah. let let's let things just settle down, calm down. 
Let's be Canadian here, shall we? Let's pivot here, Keith. Uh, uh, the stretched workforce across the board. I was talking uh, earlier with um, regard to the passport issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Andrew Griffith on, the former director general of citizenship and multiculturalism branch, and speaking to the the the, the issues with staffing. And and certainly, we're seeing issues with staffing just because people were laid off or or you know go home, stay home, uh, and and repopulating places is an issue. But stretched work staff also absences hitting because of COVID-19 and, and, and testing positive or having yeah. symptoms or what have you. Yeah, and this is everywhere. I mean, it's, and we're seeing evidence of this, whether it's short staff at passport offices, at airports and airlines, um, shortage of pilots, shortage of staff on BC ferries. The Queen of Alberta is down because of mechanical problems, but BC ferries has, has had an ongoing staffing problem uh, for, for months now, uh, yeah. filling uh, positions with, uh, that require certain qualifications. You, last night, I got my hands on the latest update for healthcare, and there's a a noticeable and steady uptick in the number of healthcare workers who have reported sick uh, uh, from a week-to-week basis. So we've now, last week, more than 16,000 healthcare workers, that's more than 10% of the entire workforce, uh, reported sick for a few days. That's about almost double the usual rate before the pandemic. And much of that is because of COVID-19. And that's been going, that's up about 1,000 in two weeks. Uh, and you just wow. start, you start gauging the impact, weighing the impact of that. I talked to Health Minister Agent Dix yesterday about this. He says where that's really felt is in small towns where, or, or communities or, or smaller health centers. If you've got a, a working force of five people and two of them are sick, that basically shuts that facility down because uh, yeah. those remaining three can't handle that work on that's happening from time to time in many small communities around BC. So it's a reminder that we're not out of this pandemic. The, the COVID virus is still circulating in the community. In fact, the World Health Organization yesterday uh, suggested that the number of cases was up 20% across in many countries in the world because of the BA4 and BA5 variant of the virus, which is considered to be more transmissible. And that's starting to uh, sort of supplant the previous BA variant of Omicron. And again, our numbers, even though VC, we seem to be, be lagging behind other jurisdictions from time to time. So we, our cases may very well go up in the weeks ahead, which again, doesn't put necessarily people in hospital or and such. Our hospital numbers are seem to be fairly stable, but it takes people out of work and right. depletes the workforce. So what's happening in healthcare right now, the pressures on healthcare are enormous, be, partly because so many people are off sick, and that's likely going to continue for some time. And you know what, Keith, that, that sort of brings me to the, we were talking about NACI's recommendation yesterday, the National Advisory Committee on Immunization saying, you know, okay, if, you've, if you're beyond six, nine months of, from your third dose, uh, you, sh- you should get your fourth dose. Uh, that not happening here in British Columbia, frustrating many people, a lot of people tweeting about how we have some vaccine sitting on the shelf that's set to expire this coming week. Even getting people that are mad at the commercials that were airing on the station about boosters um, and, and thinking those are about fourth doses. And, and we should clarify that that is about getting that third dose as soon as yep. possible, right? There are many, many, well, about a million people out there who can get a third dose and have chosen not to for some inexplicable reason. It's not people needing fourth doses. It's people needing uh, going in and getting the third dose. You can't get a fourth dose unless you get a third dose. Um, And so many people are just not getting that third dose. Our vaccination rate, 18 plus and older, when it comes to the third dose, is about 59%. 
our two dose rate is about 92 percent which is great but uh, 59 percent is not good enough and many of these people are testing positive for COVID-19 they're not getting sick to the point of really feeling necessarily strong symptoms or being required hospitalization but if you've got just two doses, your immunity is going to be waning. You are more susceptible to getting COVID-19 and therefore being off work. So the workforce uh, is depleted in so many sectors, uh, a little bit because of retirements of the baby boomer generation, but because there's so many people testing positive with COVID-19. And it is time for Baldry's Beat. The phone lines are open. If you've got a question for our Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief, now is your opportunity to pose that query. And the phone number is... 604-280-9898, star 9898 is a free call on your cell. And Keith, let's get straight to the phone. Susan in North Van, you're up first. Welcome, Susan. Um, yeah, I just had a question for Keith about the um, small claims court. Or the, There was a group of people in Ottawa led by an Asian woman that lived there that wanted to do something about the, the noise. Uh, bylaws that were broken, and so they put forward a small claims court. Uh, Mm. I I was wondering, I haven't heard anything more about that on the news. Do you know anything about it? I have not heard any update about that. That was news to me. I know there certainly were um, a lot of residents of Ottawa very upset with what happened in January and February, whether it was noise pollution or whether it was diesel fumes or whether it was just uh, harassment, but I'm not sure what exactly came out of that small uh, court claim. Okay, I, I I thought I read something about it the other day um, where it was still sort of active. It would be interesting to know what you know what's what's going on with that. It would be. But it's interesting. Jody mentioned before the break. We're not seeing a big protest right now in Ottawa. This trucker convoy seems to have fizzled a bit. We're um, near as big as I think some people had anticipated. It'll be interesting to see what happens in Victoria today. We we had every Saturday for months was this small wasn't a trucker convoy as much as it was just the anti-vaccine anti-mandate protests. And I guess because there's not much to protest against anymore when it comes to those things. The mandates are gone by and large. Federal government has stood down their mandates, um, and perhaps that accounts for the smaller protests. Anticipate in Ottawa. Okay, well, thanks. Thank you so much, Susan. 604-280-9898 is the number to call if you want to chime in here with a question for Keith Baldry. Star 9898 is free on your cell. Uh, Keith, when it comes to the protests that we have seen and the level of of caution, as you were mentioning in the last break, I think it bears, um, or in the last segment, it bears uh, reiterating, I think, how the legislature security has shifted and changed since the the trucker convoy that that went to Ottawa and the subsequent protests that were at border crossings uh, that were blockades in fact at border mm-hmm. crossings you know key infrastructure uh, and 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 trade routes and then also at the legislature how have things evolved and changed over this past year with that overt frustration and and in fact rather, uh, tense and and sometimes violent um, uh, attitudes that are coming across. There's sort of this us against them siloed approach to protest uh, that we've seen happening here. What's it like at the ledge? Things have calmed down a bit, but there is a heightened sense of security and has been for quite some time. But you, you go back just before the pandemic, people may forget this, in January of 2020, there was this huge protest at the legislature of uh, uh, anti-pipeline protesters who blocked every entrance to the legislature, complete ring around here, which was rather tense and somewhat confrontational. 
And that, uh, again, security legislature has evolved over the years. It's very sophisticated now, and it's very, very watchful to make sure nothing gets out of hand. That was the biggest protest we've seen, and that was before the pandemic. Since then, there has been some pretty tense situations involving the anti-vaccine crowd, but nothing that's gotten out of hand. Um, we see um, the odd uh, anti-growth, anti-old growth protests, which is, again, very, very peaceful. So we haven't seen things get out of control at the VC legislature, uh, although there were a couple times when things were a little tense, but nothing really materialized from that. And But I can tell you, security gets more sophisticated at the legislature all the time. They're very highly trained uh, ex-police officers are legislature security, and they know what they're doing. And um, thankfully, as someone who works here, I'm glad for their presence. Okay, so Keith, that protest that you were referencing, the pre-pandemic one, the the pipeline one, was that the one that Richard Zussman had to like jump up over the the <laughs> side of the? Is that is that with the his famous, bagels? Yes, with his. I mean, <laughs> dude needed to get his bagels. Yeah, no, well, that was for the press gallery <laughs> annual general yep. meeting was on that day yep. of all days, and it was supposed to serve bagels. So it was a bit of comic relief, but yeah, that was the protest that uh, shut the legislature down and was, yeah, was confrontational yeah. and almost yeah. got a little ugly and out of control. But uh, thankfully, nothing really materialized from it. Let's go to the phone call, Chris in Surrey. You're up next. Why don't we hit Chris's? Uh, there we go. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hi. Keith, I got a question for you. One of my coworkers at work are getting COVID, like sometimes even twice now over the last three or four months. Mm-hmm. And the numbers that Dr. Bon Henry are releasing, they're really, really small. Why is that? I think there's more COVID out there than that's being reported. Is that because of lack of testing, Keith? No, you're, you're absolutely right. There is, there is, there long has been more COVID out there than what is revealed in tests. Tests only take you so far. So many of us who test positive uh, out there are doing it through rapid tests that you pick up from your pharmacy. Those cases aren't reported as part of the weekly case count. So, and in fact, on the Center for Disease Control website, which lists the number of cases, points out that is a that is a great underestimation of how much COVID is actually out there. A more accurate. uh, measurement, if you go to the CDC website, the dashboard, is the positivity rate, because that will show you uh, that the positivity rate on, on those PCR tests are likely mirroring that in the, in the rapid test in the community. And so right now, it's about 7%, which is high. We want to get it below 5 So, yes, there are people getting COVID more than one. I know people have gotten COVID at least twice. We have a co-worker at NW, uh, uh, family members had it three times. So, wow. again, it, but not really that sick. Uh, or requiring hospitalization, it's people over the age of 80 are by and large the most susceptible to being hospitalized or being in the ICU or, in fact, dying from COVID-19. I think the median age right now is 87 when it comes to deaths as a result of COVID-19. But make no mistake, there is more COVID out there than shows up in testing. And we're never going to test enough to find the true number. But, um, yeah, this is why, again, back to staff shortages, why so many people are off sick in so many sectors, which means traveling is a challenge, whether it's ferries or planes. Indeed. Thanks for your call, Chris. Thank you, Keith Baldry, for showing up on Canada Day. Happy Canada Day to you. We'll talk Monday. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.